Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hey, hello. Normally, this is a show where Ashley and I, we would talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, but due to the pandemic and social distancing, we're going to be talking about what we've been watching here at home. And on this episode, we're going into cruise control, because we're going to be talking about Top Gun and Days of Thunder. Both of these movies, of course, star Tom Cruise. Yep. They're both directed by Tony Scott, and they're both produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. Now, Simpson and Bruckheimer, they had quite a run of successful films in the 1980s, and as a result, they typically had more influence and power than the directors that they hired. And this is a period when they were making movies like Flashdance and Beverly Hills Cop, and just about everything that they made turned to gold. And so I think by the time of like Days of Thunder, which was like 1990, studios were kind of giving them free reign yeah. to do what they wanted. And those days do not exist anymore. <laughs> they don't because the movies are so much more expensive to make. Well, yeah. Nowadays, on a big movie, this, it's, really, it's the studios and the marketing department yeah. that are retaining the control. Yeah. And the creatives are really just kind of in charge of delivering the product. <laughs> well, they kind of act like Marvel movies, right? Like the directors are kind of nobodies. They're it's facilitators. Really, yeah. yeah. It's really the producers and, you know, Marvel that's dictating well, I mean, where the story goes. Well, I think Kevin Feige has yeah. most control there. But Kevin Feige, he's reporting to Disney shareholders. Yeah. So he's not like you know, running amok like a cowboy. Yeah. He's got to keep these things in line. So, uh, but Simpson and Bruckheimer, they were like the cowboys of the 80s. I mean, big spending, big salaries, ridiculous perks. These are like mega producers. And Don Simpson died of a drug overdose, um, like mid-90s. There's one of those perks. Live fast. (laughs) Live fast and die hard. Yeah. (laughs) That's the cocaine perk. That's one of the producer perks right there. But yeah, let's let's talk about Top Gun. I'm not going to read a plot summary because I think Pretty much everyone knows what Top Gun is and has likely seen it multiple times. It tells the story of a fighter pilot named Maverick who competes at the Top Gun Academy for Naval Fighters. Anthony Edwards is Goose. Val Kilmer is Iceman. Take My Breath Away plays on the soundtrack. Even if you haven't seen Top Gun, you know of Top Gun. And this was the highest grossing movie back in 1986. It cemented Tom Cruise as a movie star. It kickstarted Tony Scott's career. Critics didn't love it, though. And it currently has a 54% on Rotten Whoa. Tomatoes. Oh, that sucks. It didn't slow the movie down. No. I mean, the people showed up, and I mean, people are still watching it. But yeah, a lot, of pe- a lot of critics have been dismissive of Tony Scott's work as a director for being what they call just style over substance. I can see that though. Well, he can't, he comes from commercials. Yeah, he comes from commercials, and this movie is very slick. Well, this yeah, is there, an incredibly no, slick movie. I mean, the plot is very simple. It's not complex. Both this and Days of Thunder, very simple movies. But Tony Scott, he could do complex plots, but he's just like such a gifted visual stylist, and I think a lot of critics couldn't see past that. And, you know, I know Leonard Maltin criticized, like, the aerial dogfight scenes as just being, like, a video game. I think that shortchanges, like, the achievement. Because, I mean, these aerial dogfight scenes are incredible. I mean, the way he films them, it's it's awesome. It's all practical. It's all practical. It's incredible. They stuck cameras on these jets. Yeah. For a lot of shots, yeah. got them to stay. And they used the military. I mean, besides, like, the main characters... 
these guys are all military guys. Like, they are, like, real-life yeah. airmen and top gunners. What blows my mind is, which like... Is cool. Like, how do you film, like, a fighter jet in midair from a distance? Like, because it's going so fast. I mean, your camera really has to be moving to keep up. Like, if you're just, like, panning to, like, keep it in frame in the sky, that's not easy. Because these things move. And just the challenge of capturing these dogfights, I can't even imagine. It's That's quite a challenge. And, and Tony Scott was up to it. Well, and Tom Cruise, Val Kilmer, they all were in the planes. They actually went up there yeah. and filmed all those things. And it was, that's pretty cool. It's Yeah, it's incredible how these are filmed. And yeah, we get camera shots inside the cockpit, mounted to the plane yeah. outside. Uh, you know, cameras that are you know tracking in midair, cameras that are falling from the ground. And... I wonder how that's going to translate to the sequel. Like, is that practicality going to be in place? Well, because Tony Scott's no longer with us, so we can't I have to. I have to presume Tony yeah. Scott would have directed the sequel, you know, in a better world, in a better reality, you know, where we're not living through a pandemic. The sequel would have would be coming out in like two weeks from now. Yeah, man. And that would have been something to see. Yeah. I this, mean, mo- this movie holds the hell up. I'll, it, I'll just, I'll say that. It, it holds, really holds up real strong. And, you know, for somebody that really likes plot, you know, this movie makes me, I mean, not need it. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, there's a love story. Well. I guess we'll get into that right now. Sure. Because, yeah. But, but they, they do, they this are is not really romantic relations. I mean, they, they push it hard. Well, you know, Take My Breath Away is like playing all throughout this movie. Take my breath But clearly, this is not a hetero love story. This is a love story between Maverick and Goose. And Maverick has more chemistry with Goose than he does with Charlie, the woman. It's true. When Goose dies, Maverick is devastated. Of course. That's his best friend. That's his, it's it, his, it, it, that's, his, that's his ride or die. How about this volleyball scene? Playing with the boys? We are oiled up, shirtless. <laughs> Charlie in this movie, kill me because she dresses like a man. She's wearing pantsuits this entire movie. That's how she's luring Maverick, by dressing like a man. I can't. <laughs> because dramatically, as a hetero romance, it's not really satisfying at all. Because their romance sucks. They don't have chemistry. I mean, if they're not in love with each other, why does he have his dog tags? That was a weird thing. I mean, it's not weird if you understand that this is intentional. I'm not the first to come up with this theory. Many of many other people have pointed this out. It's pretty obvious. And uh, again, it's it's uh, an element of subversion by the filmmakers for a movie that is otherwise all surface. There is a subversive element underneath. Yeah. And uh, again, that's not accidental. This is all intentional. For me, being aware of it, it's impossible to not see it whenever I rewatch it. But for me, I I see it as an asset because it provides another layer of subtext for what is otherwise a fairly basic movie that's kind of just all surfaces. So this kind of gives it a little subtext. And it's not the only way to read the film. It's just another way to read the film. You know, I I see where you're coming from. Playing with the boys. boys. For me, I just didn't see it that way. But now that you've pointed it out to me, I may have to go back to the film and rewatch it. And kind of see it in that subtext. Sure. But 
I you, didn't see it just on a yeah you you on see a blind watch. You see it as like a, a tale of friendship. I do between Maverick and Goose, and definitely, I mean, these guys are close. They are definitely like BFFs. Yeah. The one thing that I did think was strange was the dog tags. Like should, the, the, should the have wife gone, should have should have gotten should have gone to his tags. wife, yeah. who's played by Meg Ryan. Yeah, I mean, normally, yeah, that's why is Maverick holding these? But to me, it's it's part of the movie's brilliance, and I think there is a brilliance to this movie. And another just key element is this just banging eighty soundtrack. Oh yeah! I mean, we're going into the danger Woo-hoo! zone. We got some Kenny Loggins. Yes. We got some Berlin, Take My Breath Away. Like, there's like a perfect song for pretty much like every major moment yeah. in the movie. And like, these songs are epic. Like, yeah. these are just epic 80s, just I like was dancing, ballads. I was fist pumping. This movie, it, yeah, it, it's like, it's a fist pump movie. Yeah. You know, the, the military, they worked with, you know, Bruckheimer and Don Simpson, you know, kind of lending the, the aircraft planes here. So they worked closely with the military. And, you know, the military for them, this was an opportunity as kind of like a pro recruitment movie because there has been so many like like post Vietnam war is hell type movies and they wanted something that would make young men want to sign up for like armed services and this movie it works as that also yeah. like this is I mean you could read it as like a military propaganda movie because <laughs> it's like the awesomeness of the of U.S. The military. military. I mean, you know, flying those jets. I mean, there's no more adrenaline pumping. This movie makes you want to strap in to a jet and go flying around. It does does for me. Until you want to puke afterwards. Until your best buddy, like, breaks his skull, like, while ejecting out of it. (laughs) That's kind of horrific. Andy Edwards does have, like, a pretty crazy death scene. Yeah. Like, well, I think there was a a stuntman that actually got killed on set. And this movie was dedicated to the stuntman. Um, but yeah, like he, like we see it in slow motion, like they both eject out, but Anthony Edwards, uh, goose, his head just like cracks against the windshield while he's going out and he just parachutes down dead. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty nuts, but yeah, just, I mean, this is, I mean, as far as plot, like, I don't even know what to get into. I mean, it's, these guys are training and at the end, I think they go against the Russians and then Maverick's the man. <laughs> Maverick is the man. I mean, this is just a testosterone-driven movie with, you know, they're supposed to be passionate lovemaking with a female, but, you know, really they, wasn't they, there. They don't, they don't have chemistry. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, Tom Cruise, Maverick is kind of like an asshole in yeah. this movie, right? Like, he's, well, he's, he's like he's, a hotshot asshole. Arrogant. Very arrogant, yeah. He goes through, like, a humbling experience. And well, he's a, yeah, he's a think, bit less of an I asshole. I think his friend dying is is a humbling. Well, yeah, that's it's what gives his character a, any kind of shading. Uh, I, I think it presents his character with like its its first like formidable obstacle, like how to process like the guilt he feels and just the sorrow of losing his friend. And I think Tom Cruise is good throughout this movie. I mean, he's he's commanding, he's charismatic, he's in cruise control. Ultimately, this movie is um, it is a triumph. It made a whole lot of money. It became like a staple of the 80s. Yep. And it's endured for decades. You know, it's, uh, I mean, we watched this on uh, like a remastered disc, like Paramount remastered this and Days of Thunder in 4K. And, uh, and the movie looks incredible. Like just visually, it, it holds up. Well, and I guess I'm, I'm curious as the next uh, sequel um that's gonna come out next year now i think right christmas oh it's coming out christmas supposedly yeah um i'm curious to see if they have tony scott's artistry 
I'm glad you recognize Tony Scott's artistry because he is an artist. I mean, he made a lot of commercial movies, but he, he brought a real cutting edge artistry and just visual aesthetic to whatever script he's making. You know, the sequel is directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who made the Tron reboot. I mean, that's a visually striking movie it with a bad vis- script. Yeah. He also made Oblivion I mean, the Tron- with Tom Cruise. I did like Oblivion. Yeah, we like that a little better. Joseph Kaczynski is strong with visuals. I mean, that's that's what his previous movies prove. And uh, I'm pretty sure this Top Gun sequel is going to be a great looking movie. I don't know. Is it going to have like a banging soundtrack that I'm going to want to like buy like as soon as I leave the theater? Ugh. And just like crank up there in my car? No, there's no movies like that anymore that has that kind of soundtrack. That awesome you're soundtrack. Just like, yeah. Ugh. Nowadays, yeah, movies with like big soundtracks are usually musical type movies, like a song, the Star Is Born, or like Bohemian Rhapsody, whatever. Oh, I forgot about those two. Yeah, so I mean, we're getting like, yeah, if it's a musical themed movie, it probably has but a I'm decent soundtrack. But I'm not talking about like a musical themed movie, you right. know? I'm talking yeah. about like a banging, yeah, like background. This is not a movie you would expect to have like just like a amazing soundtrack. Yeah, like power ballads and rock ballads. It really elevates this movie, and it's this movie. It shouldn't work as well as it does, but it's just like the perfect combination yeah. of elements. So why don't we take a, a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll get into Days of Thunder. All right, we're back, and we're going to talk about Days of Thunder. The IMDb plot summary reads: A young hotshot stock car driver gets his chance to compete at the top level. <laughs> Wow. That's that's such an intriguing Riveting. (laughs) Riveting. Uh, This movie has a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Yes, that's Mm. right. (laughs) And uh, back back in 1990 when this came out, it made about $82 I mean, that that was decent, but it fell considerably short of Top Gun's success. Yeah. And that's that's what they were gunning for. I mean, they wanted a repeat. Of Top Gun. I mean, this is like like a Top Gun victory lap, you could say. <laughs> Man. Busting out the puns. Yeah. Like, I mean, watching it now, it feels like the definitive end of like the 1980s and like the 80s excess. Like this is where like that era just kind of stopped. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this was a troubled production. Was it? Uh, I think they went into shooting without a script. Without a completed script. Oh, that sucks. I hate it when films do that. This, I mean, just come on. Like, movie, write a script. This movie's screenwriter is Robert Town, who wrote Chinatown. <laughs> so this is like a revered screenwriter. And apparently, like, he's coming in and just, like, coming up with new pages, like, during the shoot. Like, he's, like, winging it on the fly. And, yeah, I mean, you have the producers, you know, Don Simpson, Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, just just a lot of excessive spending a lot of just out of control filmmaking, just a lot of a lot of egos yeah. kind of competing for a, a voice in was, this film. This was, this was, so this was after Top Gun. So now four, Tom four years has a little. Oh yeah. Well now ego and like he's had some success and now he's big man on campus. Well, one of the big main differences, just looking at the posters between Top Gun and Days of Thunder, for Days of Thunder, Cruz's name is above the title. And Top Gun, I mean, that wasn't the case. No. So that's he's made a big leap. Like now, his name is is above the title. His name is the main draw, and his character Colt Trickle, he's introduced in like a cloud of smoke, wearing shades, riding a motorcycle, and he he has like an epic badass yeah. Tom Cruise entrance. <laughs> like this is how you know you're in like cruise control. <laughs> 
And he's, yeah, he, he plays Cole Trickle. And this guy, he's just like some asshole who's never driven NASCAR. No, but he's driven Indy. Okay. And he can drive a motorcycle, clearly. I mean, obviously. But he's he's driven Indy. So Indy 500. He quits because he finds out that his dad is stealing parts and got caught for it. And so he's got some dad his, issues. Lost his ride. He had some dad issues in Top Gun also, yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's usually like bottom of the second act is like the Tom Cruise character uncovering his daddy issues. Yeah. <laughs> so he can win in the final act. But yeah, I mean, there's not much to this character, really. I mean, like Maverick, he's just, he's like, he's kind of an asshole. And then by the end, he, he's a little bit less of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, this movie, it's, um, you know, I, and then <laughs> there's like, not much to this movie. No, and then like <laughs> any other racing movie, you have this one competitor that you're always competing against. You end up getting in a car accident and your life turns upside down. And then it's your struggle to get back to the race and back into the car. It's really the same char- I mean, character that, trajectory as Top, Gu- Top Gun. It really. really is. But nobody dies in Days of Thunder. No, but his friend... Gets uh, seriously... Well, he has to get like brain surgery, well, right? Yeah, Michael blind. Rooker. Yeah. He and Michael Rooker, they're like frenemies, I guess. They they're start f- out as rivals. Yeah. And then they kind of come together. There's They have like a wheelchair race in the hospital. <laughs> they have a wheelchair race in the hospital, but they also... One of, one of the better scenes of this movie. Yeah, that was fun. And then they have the car race going to the NASCAR dinner yeah. where they're not supposed to race anymore and they like completely totaled. And they like park the cars just like smoking. <laughs> they totaled. totaled their rental cars. <laughs> Michael Rooker is fun in this. I mean, we have Robert Duvall. Yeah. Who's playing a, he's like a mentor type. Uh, Randy Quaid is in this. This was before Randy Quaid became Cray Cray. It's weird. It's weird seeing Rand- Randy Quaid in a right? movie. Right? Like... <laughs> This this is he was actually pretty good in this movie. Sure, but also famously, uh, you know, in this movie, uh, this is where Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman met. Yeah, and um, I mean that's one area where this is like a, a slight improvement over Top Gun. Like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, the relationship makes a little more sense than whatever the hell is going on in Top but Gun. But they, but you know, obviously they have same, a little more chemistry. Same thing though in Top Gun as as did in this, like. They see each other and they're instantly like, he loves her and he pursues her. Well, in their first scene together, he thinks she's like a stripper. Do you remember this? Yeah. And like, he kind of like puts her hand like on his crotch. Yeah. Because like in a previous scene, Robert Duvall like set up like a a cop hooker. Yeah. To seduce him. Like (laughs) a really weird scene. Yeah. Some weird scenes in this movie. And Nicole Kidman, her character is very similar to Top Gun's. Kelly McGillis and yeah. that she's kind of like a like a stern authority figure who is going to like tame this wild guy. You know, I mean they get a romance going. There there's like a weird scene where he's like moving around like sugar packets on her leg, like showing her how like race car works. <laughs> Do you remember this when yeah. they're in bed? He's like demonstrating NASCAR like with sugar packets. It's just it's not as good as Top Gun. Well, one it's of the, missing the soundtrack. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the things that this movie didn't have was the soundtrack. Big time. I mean, they could have really made a, a good soundtrack, it and needed, they did not. You needed some rock and ballads. I mean, you have a good score, an original score by Hans Zimmer. I mean, the score is good. Yeah, you need some like you know Tom Cruise like tearing down the track. 
you know, get some like George Michael on there or something. <laughs> like, th- no, this needed it some tunes. It would have probably been fitting if there was like country music playing. Or like they got like Garth Brooks or something. Some Garth Brooks or like Bob Seger. Um, yeah, or Johnny Cash or you know whoever. Sure. That that kind of tonality. We get for Kenny, this movie. Kenny Loggins back in. Yeah. I mean, everyone's coming back. Let's get Kenny Loggins. He was he was crucial to Top Gun. You need those ridiculous songs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, instead of playing with the boys, it's racing with the boys. There you go. Hey. So. What was interesting is seeing uh, Nicole Kidman when she was first starting out. This is like her first role. She's in her 20s in this movie. And she's playing like a like a neurosurgeon. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a credit to her that she doesn't come off ridiculous. No, she, she actually plays it off very well. She, and... I think her talent was evident in this movie, even yeah. though she's not given a whole lot to do. But, but they fell in love in this movie. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and then they made three movies together. Yeah. I think Eyes Wide Shut was was it. Yep. Uh, I guess my feelings on this movie are like when the action is on the track, it's pretty compelling because these race car scenes as filmed by Tony Scott, they look great. I mean, they put you right in the driver's seat, right in the action. That's what Tony Scott does. So like, you know, the way he kind of crushed it with like the Top Gun fighter pilot scenes, he's crushing it with these NASCAR scenes. The movie, it just kind of falls apart when it's off the track, though, because there's just there's very little keeping your interest. So that's my feelings on it. What, what are your thoughts on this movie? I did not like this movie at all. Not even the racing scenes? I mean, the racing scenes were fine. You know, obviously, you know, we're watching a movie about racing scenes. They, they better be good. Sure. I mean, but that's all it was. I mean, off the track, it's pretty flat. I hate, I hate long. to say it. I mean, I was looking at the clock. I'm like, is it over yet? It's I actually mean, like, not even that long. It's it just felt really long, and that's not good. I mean, it's it's an hour forty seven. I mean, we've seen we've yeah. we've seen movies like this go a lot longer. So I mean, yeah, but I love Ford versus Ferrari. That's a two and a half hour movie. I know, loved it. Well, you that, have that had my attention all the way through. I mean, well, it's it was, based on a true story, and you have more compelling characters. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah. The movie gets you into the characters' drama. This movie, I mean, it's you just you have Cole Trickle, and that's I mean that's I mean the name says it all. What, that's what you got. <laughs> I mean that that's the name says it all. I feel it's like in terms Cole of trickle. in terms of acting, if uh, I feel like Robert Duvall is like the only thing kind of holding this together. Yeah, in the acting department and like the character department. Yeah. He's he's good. I mean, he's always good. He's doing his Robert Duvall thing. You really feel it in like the back half, like right before the big race, and, and like like things like, really slow down. Yeah. It's like wow, there's just there's not much like holding your interest. And so yeah, this is like towards the bottom of Tony Scott's filmography. Yeah, I, I hate to say this, this is not the best this uh, Tony was not, Scott. This was not a great movie. <laughs> I was not happy with I, this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I would give it a D. No. I will never watch this movie again. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. And I'm going to say that the movie, even for all of its deficiencies, it still succeeds as entertainment. You got the cruise control. You got the Tony Scott NASCAR sequences. You got some good Robert Duvall shenanigans. <laughs> the movie's good looking. There's a whole lot of mellow yellow product placement. <laughs> I don't think it's great for a date. No. Unfortunately. No. It should be great for a date. It should be, but no. 
Oh, we didn't even say if Top Gun is good for a date. Top Gun's great for a date. Oh, yeah. Top Gun's great for any time. Oh, yeah. By yourself, uh, you know, with a friend, with a significant other, anytime. That's Top Gun. No, but this movie was just a solid D. Days of Thunder, I think, is like... D for Days of Thunder. Exactly. I think this is like a good... This is like a really good hangover movie, right? Like a Sunday afternoon hangover movie. You've been out Saturday night. You can't think straight. You want just some white noise. And you're just going back and forth from the bathroom and puking. <laughs> yeah. You just want some white you're noise. Right. You just yeah. want some white noise on the screen. Something you don't have to think too hard about. Something that could just kind of looks pretty and just distracts you from like the migraine you have. <laughs> you're just laying on the couch hydrating. Yeah. And if you have to run to the bathroom and take a, like a shit or a puke, you're not worried about missing anything. Yeah. Because it's Days of Thunder. Who cares? Barely like 15 or 20 minutes into this. I think you were like... Let me guess, he's going to win? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, well, you can say that about any movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, he wins. It. Well, I guess it. I'm like, there's going to be an accident. <laughs> and he's going to get back on the horse. Let me guess, he's going to win. And he's going to win. Of course he's going to win. It's Tom Cruise. You know, again, the, the race scenes are great. And, like, and the scene where they wreck and where they crash, I mean, that's a pretty spectacular scene. And I appreciate that Like, they just they cut straight from like the crash to him being carried off in like the medivac uh, helicopter yeah there's no like milking the drama yeah of the scene true. like grabbing shots of like the ambulance coming and like the crowd like oh no what happened like slow motion smoke or any of that yeah. it's just like it's a hard cut to him being pulled out in the helicopter well i think that was because they actually f- like filmed the daytona 500 right and they, t- they had to get out of there and they had to get out of there and then when it cuts to that helicopter shot, it's like, oh, yeah, he's... He's done. Yeah, he yeah. he got messed up. Okay. <laughs> we just were, we're right into the, the hospital. So, I yeah, I appreciate that kind of economy. You know, even if it was, like, forced on them. It was bad movie. <laughs> Don't This is not a it. bad movie. It's, it's an underwhelming movie. This is still a well-crafted piece of visual entertainment. It's a movie that you only need to see one time. And then, you know, one ear and out the other. How about a sequel? Oh, yeah. Like the, the continuing I mean, adventures what? of Cole Trickle? Ford versus Ferrari, isn't in there? Isn't there another one that was exactly the same thing? You could... Well, I'm thinking of like uh, the movie Rush. Yeah, that one. With Chris Hemsworth? Yeah. That, that was a good movie. That's that prob- a good probably movie. a better movie than this. Um, probably. <laughs> again, it's not Tony Scott at the helm. No, the sequel would just be... You could just call it Trickle. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like and it's a, just like a like a logan type <laughs> character study of like an aging race car driver <laughs> so yeah that's i mean yeah there's not much else to say about that we didn't really even talk about like carrie elways who's in this michael rooker is like the proto antagonist but carrie elways is like the the real antagonist yeah he's the real bad guy at the end but even by the end, aren't they like high fiving and like grab ass and? No, Randy Quaid's character high fives. He's the he's the owner and he's right. the the person like he's the money behind everything. He's the one that he was high- about to like pull the plug on Cole. Yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, and then like Cole just wins him over yeah. with his awesomeness. He owned both cars. He owned both Cole and the bad guy. And Cole's driving like the mellow yellow car, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mellow Yellow. He's driving his friend's car that got blinded. That's right. Is that the Mellow Yellow car? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because his original car gets wrecked. Yeah. These these things happen. 
what uh, I we didn't even get into grades for Top Gun. What would you give Top Gun? Oh yeah, an A. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Top Gun's definitely an A. This is like a B. And um, yeah, and I guess I guess that's it. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at DN Movie Podcast, and you can also email us at date night movie podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. See ya.